Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Welcome to the Lost Art of Liberty, hosted by your liberty-loving, red-blooded American male, your defender of absolute freedom, your Italian stallion, Michael Calpino. Welcome to this week's edition of the Lost Art of Liberty. This week we look at this administration's inane energy policy, the real-life threatening harm it causes, and why quick fixes are not going to happen. Even Biden's current begging. If it would work and production would increase, either foreign or domestic, it wouldn't solve our problems. They go so much deeper than simply supply. But there are solutions, and we'll get to those. One of the simplest ways to take a substantial bite out of inflation is to make energy a lot cheaper. Energy is required for everything in a modern industrial society. It quite literally fuels our economic engine. Oil and all its byproducts not only make that fuel, but plastics and medicines and a host of other products. Therefore, the availability of oil and energy are directly related to prices and economic growth. It can either make everything more expensive as it is now, or make everything cheaper. The fact is this. The United States has an abundance of oil and coal and natural gas, as well as a host of other natural resources. There is no reason there should be a shortage of diesel to fuel our transportation or heat our homes, or a lack of natural gas to generate electricity in New England, or that gas prices have doubled, helping to drive inflation and taking an ever-growing chunk out of everybody's household budget. But this is the situation we are faced with heading into the winter. Those are the problems. So first we must look at their causes so we can come up with a solution. And the first cause is the problem of supply. The Biden administration made it very clear that coal and oil and gas industries are public enemy number one. And Biden, when he did occasionally come out of the basement during his campaign, said specifically, quote, No more drilling on federal lands. No more ability for the oil and gas industry to continue to drill, period. End quote. He said there was no place for fossil fuels in his administration, saying they would be, quote, eliminated. And, quote, we're going to end fossil fuels, unquote. Unfortunately, this is one campaign promise that he has done everything he can to keep. Biden is the only president in modern history not to have held a single oil and gas lease sale on federal lands during his first year and a half in office 
despite clear direction from Congress that he must do so. This is a big deal because the United States government owns 28% of the land in this country. Now, those east of the Mississippi don't see this because most of that land is in the west. Around half of Oregon, California, and Wyoming, 60% of Alaska, 61% of Idaho, 63% of Utah, and a whopping 80% of Nevada. These states are rich in natural resources, and it is under the total control of climate alarmist bureaucrats. A recent court order stated that the government must hold an auction this quarter and in future quarters. However, not only has the administration been dragging its feet, but the Department of Interior has increased fees 50% and decreased the land available for drilling by 80%. These are areas under the direct control of the federal government and can have the most immediate impact on the industry. Then there are the rules, the regulations, and the taxes. Biden's 2021 budget proposed a whole slew of new taxes for the industry. In November 2021, the EPA announced new regulations on methane emissions and then rescinded all of Trump's reforms to that agency's oil and gas rules. Within the Infrastructure and Jobs Act were provisions requiring states to develop carbon reduction plans to reduce the amount you and I drive our cars. Biden has created several new unaccountable federal regulatory bodies whose sole purpose is to harass the industry. The completely misnamed Inflation Reduction Act was filled with so-called green energy initiatives, which will further tax and regulate the industry. On top of that, investment in the industry is drying up. And there are two reasons for this. One, who's going to invest in an industry that the all-powerful federal government has sworn to put out of business? To the average investor, that would be like investing in buggy whips in 1900. The second is that all the large investment banks are adopting ESG, the Environmental, Social, and Governmental Scoring System, a system adopted and perfected by Communist China. This means they are refusing to make loans and approve investments in the industry. No money, no drilling, which is exactly what these global banks in cahoots with the Greens who have taken over our government want. Prior to the midterm election, in a blatant attempt to curry voter favor, old King Joe thought it prudent to try to increase supply, bring down the prices a little bit. So first, he begged the Saudis to turn on the spigot. They ignored him. Then he goaded and threatened domestic oil producers to do the same. They, of course, know that he will just turn on them again when the time is right, so they have no incentive to listen. But even if they did, if they believed Biden had really changed into a supporter instead of making an appeal for political expediency, it wouldn't do much good to bring down prices because there would still be a shortage of gas and diesel fuel. Why? Because our ability to refine it keeps going down. Here are the facts. There has not been a large refinery built in the United States since 1976, which means that most of our refineries are over 50 years old and they need updating badly. A few years ago in Philadelphia, there was a huge explosion at the refinery there, which happened to be one of the largest in the country. It was caused by a pipe that hadn't been inspected since 1977. And no one wanted to fix it, so they are in the process of tearing it down. Hurricane Ida wiped out another refinery in Louisiana. The fact is this, 
Half of the refineries that existed when the last one was built are gone, and no one is stepping up to replace them. The CEO of Chevron recently stated that he believed that there will never, never be another refinery built in the United States. Then there are the government policies that make it difficult for current refineries to even operate. The one hurting the worst right now are the renewable fuel standards, which require a certain amount of biofuels like ethanol to replace petroleum-based fuels. First of all, after all these years, ethanol is a failure. Anyone who has ever had a gummed-up carburetor or gas tank knows the harm it causes to the internal combustion engine. And it uses 40% of the corn crop. That's arable land that should be used for food production, not literally set up in smoke. Anyway, back to the standards. This year, Biden's EPA set them absurdly high. Small refineries have trouble meeting the standards and must buy what's called RINs which is basically a form of carbon credit. This may put some small refiners out of business, and added to the old plants shutting down for lack of investment, portends even less refining capacity in the future. After all, who is going to put billions of dollars into a refinery that will take years to build, or even refit and update, when the government has put you on their hit list? No one! So even if we were suddenly awash in oil, it wouldn't matter. Oil out of the ground is worthless if it can't be refined. Finally, as we are wont to do, it is time to shine the light into some of the darkest areas of our problem and its causes. The administration and the global elites like those in the World Economic Forum have made it clear that by 2030 they want the fossil fuel industry gone. Which is impossible, with one caveat. If demand for energy drops by 95% or more, then perhaps all the windmills and the solar panels might meet those needs. How will this happen? Either we go back to the 18th century, or there are 95% fewer people who use energy. Think about that next time when the news keeps coming out about how labs from Boston to London have created COVID strains that are 80% lethal. I'll leave it there. Back to the present. What is the Biden administration's current solution? First, empty the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, which is supposed to be used if a natural disaster hampers oil production or in case of war. He just wants to use it to bring down prices. Second, blame the oil industry for price increases or gouging and investigate them. Third, go with hat in hand and beg OPEC to produce more. Fourth, because we the people are starting to complain, he just wants to print more money to give out to help with our energy costs, which will, of course, just create more inflation. What's the real solution? Number one, the government needs to get out of the business of deciding our consumption. For example, California's plan to make electric cars mandatory in a few years is absurd and unworkable. There should be no cafe standards or any regulation by the government of the auto industry. Most people want safe, reliable, efficient cars, and the industry will produce them, because that's what happens in a free market. Government coercion only distorts that market, and it does it to our detriment. For example, by requiring cars to meet arbitrary MPG requirements, the industry has had to make cars lighter, and therefore 
less safe it impacts. Technology must be allowed to improve at its own rate. It can't be forced by wishful thinking by some idealist government bureaucrat. Number two, the government should not own 28% of our land. It should only own that land necessary for its administrative, legislative, and judicial functions. Let the oil industry and any natural resource industry buy or lease land from individuals and pull that wealth out of the ground. Private property is the foundation of freedom and wealth creation. Our government should not be arbitrarily deciding when and how natural resources are developed. Third, stop micromanaging the industry. Stop with the special blends and the biofuels. That is why gas in California is so much higher. Their blends are even more ridiculous than everybody else's. Let the oil industry and its consumers cooperate to produce the best product for each application. Corn does not belong in our cars. It belongs in our stomachs. Fourth, get government out of the energy business entirely. Energy projects like pipelines and refineries should not be dependent on a distorted and arbitrary political process. Just look at the last 10 years. Obama was cool towards the industry, but not fanatically hostile. Trump embraced them, and now Biden hates them. When billions of dollars and decades of planning are involved, how is the industry supposed to get anything done when these wild swings of favor and contempt happen every few years? Let the market decide how many refineries we have, how many rigs are pumping, and where the pipelines are constructed. We are blessed with an abundance of natural resources in the country, particularly the energy resources. New technologies have allowed the energy industry to expand exponentially in the last few decades. Technology and consumer demand has made the production and consumption of these resources safer, cleaner, and more efficient. We have seen what cheap energy does for our economy. If we not only take the knee of government off the neck of the industry, but unleash it from all the arbitrary rules and onerous taxes, we could see prosperity like we've never known. Makes you wonder exactly why the government is doing what it is doing. They certainly don't have our interests in mind. So you need to ask yourself, whose interests are they benefiting? Thank you for listening to this week's episode. It was written and produced by Michael Calvino. Music provided by Jason Shaw. For more information, go to www.michaelcalvino.com where you can still get your free e-copy of Masticaris Revolution. Until next week, stay optimistic. Because when this corrupt and immoral system comes crashing down, men and women of courage will have the opportunity to build it back right, based on freedom. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.